0: A Letter of Correction. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. Today we are starting a new study in the book of 1 Corinthians. This is one of Paul's pastoral letters uh, to a church in a uh, Roman province Uh, called Corinth, and um, this was a Greek-speaking culture, uh, a place where Paul had planted a church. And um, the reason for the letter is that Paul, after moving on from founding the church, had received disturbing news that the church was off the mark, that they had um, lost sight of uh, their commitment to the apostles' teaching, that they were easing up on people who were practicing sexual immorality, uh, that spiritual gifts were being used improperly, and there were just a number of things that Paul needed to address to the leaders of that church, and that was the reason for the letter. His goal was to move them back onto the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And so um, throughout this letter, Paul's pastoral heart... His passion for uh, the people of Corinth, for the leaders there, for the church there. His passion for the church of Jesus Christ comes out in his writing of this letter. And it is a, a really uh, well-written letter. It is a letter that covers um, so many important topics uh, for how the church should function in health. And I think because it... Uh, has so much wonderful um content it applies. Today, just as well as it did then, and it's as relevant today as it was to the church of Corinth in Paul's day. And so, we will be embarking on a study of 1 Corinthians. Uh, we may still be in this book around Christmas, who knows? <laughs> but stick it out with us, and I think we're going to have a good study in uh, 1 Corinthians together. <clears throat> Excuse me, as is our custom, before we get into the text, uh, let's head to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, uh, for this opportunity to slow down, to pause, and study your word together. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be active and alive uh, in this moment as we study together, um, speaking through every word on the pages of this text, uh, the message that you have for us. And Father, as believers and as members of churches, we pray, Lord God, that you would use this book uh, to teach us um, what your church is all about and what your intended purpose for the church is and what your intended purpose for us is as members of it. And so, Lord God, we give you thanks for your word and its uh, reliable instruction. Help us to lean into uh, your word and into Jesus today as we study together. We pray and ask all these things in his name. Amen. All right, we're going to cover uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 as we get started today. And here's what Paul writes. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the Church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be His holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus, for in Him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, Paul begins the letter by identifying himself, and uh, he identifies also that he is an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, Um, and our brother Sosthenes. Now, I'm not too sure I know a lot about Sosthenes, and I will do some additional digging, and hopefully you will too. Um, But Paul's uh, calling into Christian apostleship uh, was a bit of a different route than the original disciples who were apostles as well. Paul, of course, had his conversion experience on the road to Damascus when he encountered uh, the light from heaven and the voice of Jesus speaking to him, calling him into this great calling, this great task of being an apostle. Paul became, as we as we know, um, the most prolific evangelist and uh, church planter of the first century, and to this day, um, his writings make up a large portion of the New Testament. Um, Paul was writing specifically to the church that he founded in Corinth, uh, and he describes the believers there as those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. He's reminding them that God has set them apart. He's making them holy uh, to be a people for himself. This is the same goal that God expressed in his covenants with Israel of old. And it is the same goal that he has in establishing a church, a people, uh, to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Those who had once not been a people are now a people. Uh, with a holy calling that they might declare the praises of God who called them out of the darkness of their sin into the light of Christ. And that's the exact same message that Paul reiterates here. Um, and so uh, the verse that I'm quoting comes from Peter, and Paul is essentially saying the same thing to those sanctified in Christ, set apart and called to be his holy people, um, together with others all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Now Paul moves beyond the church in Corinth to the universal scope uh, of the message that he's giving them, that this applies to every Christian everywhere. And he is in essence writing to every Christian everywhere that they might take heed of these things. Um, that Jesus is the same Lord, their Lord and our Lord. And then he greets them with grace and peace Uh, From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. A pretty typical greeting for Paul in his letters. Grace and peace. And uh, what a great way of entreating his readers, his listeners, to the message that he's about to offer. Then Paul says in verse 4 that he always gives thanks to God for them. uh, Because of the grace given to them in Jesus Christ. He sees them as inheritors of the grace of Jesus. As members of the same body in Christ For in him, Paul says, they have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. In other words, uh, the spiritual gifts, uh, the teachings of the apostles, uh, the full knowledge of the gospel and of spiritual things has been made available to them in Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And then he says in verse 6, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. In other words, The testimony that he and others provided in their midst has been proven true, that the word of Christ preached among them has has borne fruit. Uh, Therefore, he says in verse 7, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. In other words, the spiritual gifts are active and alive and present in that church. And so uh, Paul says that you're lacking nothing that the Spirit provides. As you wait for the Lord to be revealed. In other words, as you await his second coming or uh, await Christ to be revealed through your passing from this life. Um, He will also keep you firm to the end. In other words, Jesus has a commitment to keeping our feet on solid ground. Jesus has a commitment to our spiritual growth and our uh, spiritual life. And he will keep us firm. He will help us stand firm to the end. We don't have to get wobbly. We don't have to lose sight of the goal uh, so that, Paul says, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we know that we do stumble, and uh, we stumble in many ways, as James taught. We do know that we stumble and that uh, we wander, and that we get weak, and we get tired, and we get weary. And it is Jesus alone. And it is the fact that his redemption is our redemption uh, that uh, we can stand blameless on the day of his return. It's because of his work in us, not because of our effort or our ability to perfectly follow the commands of God. Uh, God is faithful. Who has called you into fellowship with His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord? Now, Paul's not letting them off the hook. He's not giving them an excuse to sin, so that more grace can abound. As he addresses an issue, that same issue in Romans, um, he is he is calling them to stand firm in Christ. He is calling them to faithfulness. He is calling them. Uh, to maintain uh, their fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, with God's son, Jesus Christ. Um, And so he's saying, you don't lack any spiritual gift. Um, You don't lack any resource of the spirit that you need to stand firm in your commitment to Christ. And so this is kind of the beginning of uh, some of the correction of the errors that Paul will begin to address uh, in the Corinthian church. And so he's setting the stage here. He's thanking God for them, and then he's beginning to remind them of all of the resources that they've been given in Christ to stand firm in their commitment. And the same reminder exists for us. Um, do you ever find that your faith is wobbly, uh, that it seems like it's, it's uh, been established on a, a wobbly foundation, and uh, that depending on what comes your way, um, your desire to stand firm in Christ can be really tested. It's true for all of us, um, but Jesus is our firm foundation. And as we move in his direction, as we lean into him, and as we stay close to him, uh, our commitment can stand firm in him, not in our own efforts, not in our own strength, but it's as we pursue him, as we stand firm in him, as we draw from the resources he provides, Uh, our wobbly faith can become firm faith in Christ. All right, my friends, I'm excited for this study, and I'm looking forward to the things that God will reveal to us as we go on this journey. Hang on for the ride. We may be here a while. (laughs) But thanks so much for taking time to study, and I look forward to going through the book of 1 Corinthians together. God bless.